All right, mama. Here we go. Happy whatever day it is for you. I hope you're having an amazing day so far and you've gotten to enjoy your kiddos and the sunshine if there's sun where you're at. I'm so honored to get to be here with you. Thanks for for being here and I'm excited to see what God's going to do today. We are this this episode we're diving more into our series on discipline. If you didn't hear the last episode, I'm kind of hopping back and forth. We're going to do one on discipline and then one on mom guilt. I think it's just going to help us all feel encouraged and motivated for this journey because one of my main goals at Morning Mama is to encourage you and to help you feel like, yes, I can do this. It's not so overwhelming. I don't have to sit in mom guilt. I don't have to sit in feeling inadequate. But part of that sometimes looks like equipping. And so I want to have some hard conversations with you that God's been having with me. Always fun. Um, But it's really important to me to share that with you because I I believe it's going to equip you in part of feeling adequate, part of feeling confident as mothers is having these conversations and learning these things and and diving into these tools because it will equip us. And when we're equipped, we can better navigate motherhood. Part of what we need to do is dive into all of the resources that are available to us so that we can know how to navigate some hard stuff. Motherhood is full of it and you should not have to do it alone. Just like you're not meant to walk out your journey with God alone, you are not meant to parent alone. And I know that's one of the reasons you're here. And so as I guide you and lead you, because God has honored me with that, which blows my mind, but he has. And if you're choosing to stick around, then I believe it's my responsibility uh, because of how he's been speaking to me about this topic to share that with you and help lead you and guide you on this journey. And so we talked a little bit about what culture does and how it has this pendulum swing and goes back and forth trying to figure out the answers, right? Culture is always trying to to grasp at what is right and true. And But we know as Christ followers, the only thing we can look for, look to for what is right and true is God's word. And that is what leads us and guides us. And so we can't succumb to these waves and movements and culture. And we have to stand on the solid rock of Jesus and his word. And so I believe that what God has to say about discipline is is part of that process that we have to look to what the Bible says about discipline. And, you know, we are going to talk about spanking at some point, but that is not the fullness of discipline. And so I don't want you to get uh, caught off by the word discipline and think, well, I already know what I, I feel about this matter either way, yes or no. Um, I want you to lean in and see where these cultural mindsets might have influenced other ways that you discipline. Because again, it's not just that moment. Discipline is a whole plethora of what it looks like and a a huge portion of it are conversations and what those look like and correction. And so we are going to talk about that. But first we have to set ourselves up to be prepared for these conversations, to be able to see with clear eyes. And so today I'm going to go into a verse that God 
God has put on my heart really for probably almost a year. I don't know. Um, and it's not just specifically about discipline, but it does fall under that. But it's a verse that just really, I always talk about sl- God slapping me upside the head of things. This is one of those. Um, and really for me, it was, it gave me a lot of understanding about how to see the world, how to navigate some challenging things I've seen in my friends' lives. And as I've walked out this, this path with God. And then as, as time went on, I began to see how I also had fallen into this. We'll dive into it. But I think that it might be helpful for you to also see where maybe you've fallen into this as well, because our culture is all about this right now. So I'm excited to share this with you. Hey, I know this can be some challenging stuff, so make sure that you are not navigating this alone. If you have questions on this series, if you want to dive in deeper, if you want to get some feedback, please hop into the Facebook group. You can find it at bit.ly, bit.ly slash morning mama Facebook group, and we can have some good conversations in there. I don't have all of the answers, but I will share with you what I do have, or you can always message me and we can have a, a conversation about what your your concerns are, what your thoughts are. And, um, you know, I also always encourage you to go to your leaders, to your church leaders, ask them what they think. Don't just take what I say, but go to the Bible, go to your leaders and make sure that you're, you're agreeing in agreement with what we're talking about here, especially if you're wrestling with it. Don't let me be the only voice in your life. Okay. Long intro. I'm excited to dive in. Let's go. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. All right, Mama. So we're going to start out with a a big chunk of scripture. I'm going to hop around in it a little bit. I encourage you to go and read the fullness of it. Um, I just want to try and it's already a lot of scripture, so I want to try and cut it down a little bit. But we're going to be reading in 2 Timothy. Some of it's in chapter 3 and then some of it's in chapter 4. And it's just so good. So I'm going to read the fullness of it and then we'll dive into it. Okay, this is starting in 2 Timothy 3 verses 3. It says, but understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. We were talking about this recently with uh, COVID and how I believe that we've got to be ready for all of the challenges that are coming in the end times. It doesn't matter if the end times are in our lifetime or not. As, As time goes on, we're all moving in that direction. We don't really need to figure it out, but there's the Bible talks about how there's going to be more and more difficult things happening in our world. And so we need to be prepared for that. But that's a whole other episode. I don't remember what episode number it is. Um, I think the title is something about COVID, derailed by COVID. I think that was it. Okay. Anyways, so talking about that, there will come times of difficulty. And then it says, starting in verse two. Oh, okay. The first verse is actually starting in verse one. Now we're heading to verse two. <laughs> okay. Verse two, Second Timothy 3, 2 says, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, 
proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its its power. Avoid such people. We're going to hop down in a minute, but I just want to touch on this for a second. Does this not sound like where we're at in our world today? The first one especially will be lovers of self. I cannot, we've talked about this a lot. I can't say more about how much our world is in this place, right? We've talked about how all the movements are about self-love and self-help and self-care and self, 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 self is, I've heard it said, the new idol of the our current culture. And so, you know, this this is so clear. This is where what is happening in our culture right now. And um, even as I read this, and we'll go more into this another week, but just it stands out to me, disobedient to their parents. And I think this is something now that is not really seen as a bad thing. I've heard it say that you shouldn't teach your kids to be obedient because then they're not going to be strong-willed. Then they're not going to know how to stand up for what's right. And uh, the Bible doesn't it actually says the opposite. The, the Bible says, that we become healthy, we become these thriving humans when we learn how to be obedient. Because once we leave our parents' house, we must be obedient to God. And so there's always an authority in our life to be obedient to. That doesn't mean that we don't stand up for justice. God is a God of justice. He He does that through his people more than anyone, more than culture ever could do. And so it's not being against obedience that we learn how to stand up. It's actually learning how to be obedient. And through the right kind of power, through God's timing, we can then stand up for justice. Okay. Kind of a different topic, but definitely related. So how to go there for a second. All right. Now we're going to hop down to verse 16. It says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So I just want you to remember that. Verse 16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. All scripture. Okay. Then we're hopping down to chapter four, verse one. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom, says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. So right even there, we can see what God calls us to is to speak out sometimes and to speak truth to people, right? We're in a world where uh, we are not called to do that. We're called to just say, oh, that's your truth. This is my truth. And uh, looking at reproving someone or rebuking them is seen as evil, is seen as a a terrible thing that we want to avoid. And we're an oppressor if we do that. And so I want you to see it just as we read through this, you can begin to see some of the ways that culture has influenced us. I don't know if you felt that as much as I have, but I know even as a therapist, I um, was told, um, and even outside of therapy, really, told never to give advice to someone. Now, I understand the heart of this, right? We want to help people find out those answers for themselves. We want to guide and lead them so that they can come to those conclusions. But there, it says right here, there is a time to reprove and rebuke. And maybe not as a therapist, but as anyone else in the world, 
there is a time for that. That's part of probably why I'm moved away from being a therapist. And not, not that there's not a place for that, but I, I believe sometimes we, a lot of times we're called to more boldness than we realize. Now this must be done in love. This must be done in God's timing and in gentleness. And often it even helps to ask for permission. Hey, can I give you some encouragement? Hey, can I share with you what I'm seeing? Um, but this is what it calls us to do. And, and with this, it's also calling us to do this with our kids. Now we'll go into that another time, but let's hop back in. So now we're going back to, uh, we're going to chapter four, verse three. It says, for the time is coming. This is the, the key part I want you to hear. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but will have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. I'm going to repeat it again. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but will have itching ears that they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and their turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. And you, I don't know about you, but I can see this all over our world today. In fact, when I first, I remember first hearing this scripture brought up, um, I hadn't read it recently and I'd heard it brought up in a sermon and oh my gosh, it just, like I said, it hit me over the head and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what's happening. Cause I had seen so many friends struggle with challenging parts of the Bible in our culture today. And they, didn't know what to do. And so they turned away from the teachers that, that spoke on one side and they found other teachers that suited what they thought, suited what felt right to them. And through that, a lot of them ended up completely walking away from faith. Some of them just look to those teachers now instead of these other teachers. And so this is so true. Even in, in our faith, we can find different teachers that are speaking on different sides of the issues which I don't believe is always doctrinally, biblically sound. But even that is where our culture is at, right? Even the idea of a truth, that there is one universal truth, goes against what our culture says. Our culture is all about relativism, that there is no one truth. Your lived experience, your thoughts on the matter, that is superior to all. There is no singular truth, but the Bible does not say that. The Bible is so clear that there is a truth. And so I want you to hear this and I want you to begin to see this around you. I want you to think of places you've seen this, friends that you've seen this happen to. I want you to, to it's okay to look at that and see it with clear eyes. It's not, um, judgment, right? God doesn't say we can't judge people. We Judgment is distinguishing between right and wrong. And so we can look at someone's life and say, okay, that is wrong the way that they're living or their beliefs are wrong. Now, again, our culture would say that's wrong that we would say that, that we, we should not do that. And so culture has influenced that scripture. And when it says, don't judge your brother, 
so we can look at their lives and, and see that it's wrong and acknowledge that. Now, the judgment means that we aren't looking at their sins and focusing on their sins and thinking, wow, they're horrible sinners and, you know, just always uh, honing down on what they're doing wrong. No, we're called to look at our own sins. We're called to look at ourselves, even in the context of a marriage where uh, the other, what your spouse might not be living up to God's standards. Now, you can have conversations, but your job is to work on yourself because you're probably missing some God's standards in your, your half of the marriage as well. Are you uh, controlling your tongue? Are you loving him and serving him, right? We all have areas where we can where you struggle with sin, every one of you. And my pastor always says, if you don't know what area you struggle with sin in, it means you struggle with pride. And that one got me because I was like, what area do I struggle? I don't know. I feel like I've really figured a lot of things out. Oh, shoot. Oh, all right. <laughs> and so I've realized I have a pride problem, which sucks and I hate it. I don't even want to talk about it, but it's real. So just know you're not alone if you're there. But anyways, I digress. So it's okay to look around you and see where this might have influenced some of the people in your life and to say, whoa, okay, I think this is what's happening. They're having some itch and ear problems. <laughs> okay, so start there. And I want you to, you know, even as you go about your days, just to acknowledge that and, and to see how this is uh, showing up in our world. But the second thing I want you to do is to begin to look at yourself, right? We're going back to how we always got to turn it back to ourselves, just like sin issues. We got to always look back at ourselves. And I bet you there are some ways that you have allowed culture to influence you, where you have had itching ears, where you have thrown out parts of scripture because they didn't feel right or they didn't feel good. And if you haven't done this work of wrestling this out, then I guarantee you there are some of these areas in your life. Um, now, some more than others, again, depending on where you, where you live geographically, depending on who you're surrounded by. I had a lot of these because I, I live in Southern California. I lived in Los Angeles for a while. And so the culture around me is very not Bible based. And so if you live in a community that's like all, you know, Bible belt, you know, it's all about the Bible. Maybe there's, there are not as many things, though there can also be stuff in, in that area uh, that go in the opposite way and um, don't align with God's uh, grace for us and can kind of go too far on the judgment and sin area. But this is another story. So wherever you're at, take this into account. Where have you thrown out some of these ideas of what the Bible says? And I want to give you some, some examples. You know, we all love in our today's culture, we love the stuff about Jesus and how gentle he was and loving and he was healing. And really we kind of whitewash him because he wasn't always gentle and loving. He, he rebuked people. He turned over tables, right? He, he was a little bit more uh, assertive and uh, sometimes in people's face than we like to, to think about, but we kind of wa- whitewash him sometimes and especially in our culture. And so we, we love to just paint this picture of forgiveness and feeding the poor and giving grace to everyone and uh, seeing people not the way the world sees them, but through God's eyes. And I say in that voice just to, to mock how we, uh, you know, love to focus on it. But all those things are good and they are a part of Jesus. They're so good. And we do love those and we are not to throw those out. Not at all. We need to take those into account and, and figure out how we can live more that way. Absolutely. But you see how that feels kind of nice, right? Forgiveness, the poor, seeing people through a different lens. But, you know, that's not the whole story, right? 
the Bible and, and Jesus himself talked about these other parts that are super challenging, that don't feel so pretty. He talked about hell, an eternal life spent in hell. He talked about judgment, he talked about sin. Jesus said, I am the only way to God, right? That goes in the face of what our culture says. Talked about Christian sexuality, what the Christian sexual ethics are. Talked about gender. And so I bet for a lot of you, as you're hearing that, it, it feels uncomfortable. Oh, don't say the word hell. No, no, don't go there, right? There are so many things that feel uncomfortable. And so because our culture has one way of viewing these things and see how the first things that I talked about, the forgiveness and the love and all of that, it aligns with what our culture values right now. It's all about acceptance, right? It's all about uh, you do you, you have your truth, right? And so even though Jesus didn't agree with that, when we look at those parts of Jesus and we just whitewash him and we separate these other parts, it can look more like our culture. And so I think sometimes as Christians, this is what we do. We just take the parts we like, that we take the parts that that align with our culture and we throw out the rest because it's uncomfortable and because it's not what culture looks like. Culture looks at that and says that you are a bigot. Culture looks at those beliefs and says you're a racist. Culture looks at those beliefs and says you're an oppressor. Culture looks at that and says you are a horrible person for believing that, right? Because culture is all about acceptance, loving, all these things, which Jesus is as well, more than any of culture could ever be. However, he does have rules for us. He did create us intentionally in a specific way, and he gave us his word to follow. And so I hope even as you heard that, maybe there's some areas that stand out to you of like, oh, that really rubbed me the wrong way. And so that might be an area that you need to explore more, that you need to, to figure out, have I had itching ears in this context? Maybe this is an area. And so I want you to explore where have I had these itching ears? What parts of the Bible do I skip over or run away from? And I want you to begin to figure out that because this is why it's important. If we start removing parts of the Bible, we just, we can make it say anything we want it to say. And we start taking some of the power out of it. And, you know, we might say yes to Jesus and we might be saved, but when we don't have our lives in alignment with what God says, and my pastor just had an amazing sermon on this. I'll have to link it below. But when we don't have our lives in alignment with what God says, then we're not going to flourish. Flourishing only comes when we align our lives fully with what God says, because he's our creator. He knows what we need. Okay. And I share all of this. We're talking about discipline, right? And, and I share this because this is what happened to me in terms of discipline. And I'm not going to go into the full story today, but I will in this series, but I'm just going to touch on it today. This is what happened to me. I, I started looking because I had this strong opinion about what discipline would look like. And really this is kind of a narrow, narrow view of it, though it kind of did encapsulate some more. And again, I'll go more into it, but I had this opinion. It was a strong opinion. And I started looking for resources that would support that opinion. Some Christian resources that would support that opinion because I, I found some other resources that weren't Christian, but I didn't quite feel right. And I was like, oh, I need to be confirmed in my opinion about this by finding some Christian resources. And so I looked and I looked and 
you know, I eventually did find a couple, but it took a long time. And so in that gap, I was like, man, what is wrong? Why are there no Christian resources that are talking about this? And in my pride, right, you, you heard me about my pride issue. I was like, oh, maybe I'm supposed to be the one to talk about this. Why is no Christian talking about this? And so instead of thinking like, huh, maybe I'm missing something, right? Because I'm um, what C.S. Lewis calls chronicle schnobbery. I'm I'm saying like what the modern thinking is. And that's part of uh, what I was looking for is this modern way of thinking. And uh, C.S. Lewis talks about this chronological snobbery. snobbery is that the word? Snobbery? Snobbery. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where we think that now is better than before. What all that we've learned has made us better. And so we read the Bible through this new lens because we're now better and we can understand more. But that's not how we can read the Bible. It's not how the Bible is meant to be read. We've got to read it and how it was intended to be written. And so I looked endlessly for these resources, not finding them, not understanding and just making up my own reasons for why they weren't there instead of reflecting on like, "Hmm, maybe there's a reason why I haven't found these. Why am I not looking to the, the people of our faith that have gone before me? Do I not respect anything that they did? Do I, am I going to throw it all out because I think I'm better because I think I know better? I'm going to throw out all of their work, all of the amazing kids that they raised. I'm just going to say that none of it's good because it doesn't agree with this viewpoint that I have. And that's exactly what I was doing in those moments. And I got to this point, it was kind of this breaking point where I was talking to a friend and I was like, gosh, I just don't know why the Bible doesn't say more about parenting. <laughs> and then I caught myself. Um, I truly believe the Bible holds all of the answers that we need on things, all of the guidance. And so if I'm looking at it that way, there's something wrong in my thinking. Maybe, maybe it's that I'm not paying attention to what the Bible is saying. Maybe I'm not listening to what God's trying to tell me because I don't like it. Maybe I'm having some itching ear problems. And so I'll share more of that with you and the, the end of that whole journey. And it, it was a long journey, but I want, I share all this with you because I want to prepare you for this conversation. I want to, even as we go through this conversation, I want you to recognize where those itching ears might be coming into play or, or maybe other areas where you're having these itching ears, where you're not open to what the Bible is saying because you're stuck in thinking that you're thinking is the best and you're following your passions, what you think is right, instead of aligning your life with what God says is right. He is your creator and you can't out love God. So I'm excited for you to see how God's going to align your life in ways you didn't even know were out of alignment. And I know he's going to reveal some things. If you have an open heart, he will reveal some things to you. So my ask of you is just that you seek God's voice and his guidance in this. As, as I bring up some things that might challenge you, just seek his voice. And again, seek your leaders. Don't let this just shut down the conversation. Don't stop here, but let God continue to guide you. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it applies to every area of our lives and it gives us tools that we need for every day. God, I thank you that we can trust you to lead and guide us and that we don't have to doubt what you have to say about us, uh, what you have to say about our lives. God, I, I thank you that we can trust you. I thank you that we can't outlove you. And so God, I just pray for everyone listening. God, you would reveal areas of misalignment 
in their life. He would reveal areas where they're having that itching ear problem and they're seeking out their own teachings to suit their passions, God. And I just pray uh, for the voice of conviction, God, but not condemnation, God. Your voice does not condemn us. It leads us to more life. It doesn't say you should sit in shame. It doesn't say you're not good enough. It says, hey, there's a better way. Hey, I have something else for you, God. And so I just pray for clarity over that that voice, God, and that uh, it would only be that voice of conviction that's ringing loud, God. And I thank you for what you want to do, God. I just pray you would prepare hearts for whatever you want to speak to those that are listening, God, and that you have them here for a reason, God. And I just pray you would use and guide this conversation in their lives, God. You're so good and I love you. We trust you and we give everything to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, Mama. If you've found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you. Mama.